This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Monday and welcome into the NBA Strategy Show as we get you ready for a big old slate tonight with Greg Ehrenberg. He is Tinder Lake. I am Adam Kaufman. Thank you for being with us. This should be a good amount of fun. You know, Greg said right off the hop. So, all right, 10 games. We got about three minutes to talk about each team. That's an hour. We're out. I'm going to screw up his math right off the hop by just talking about something completely different. And then we're going to have to go <laughs> even less. Get involved, by the way. In the Osmo Premium Slack channel and the YouTube chat, we will uh, acknowledge and answer any and all questions that we can, obviously, over the course of the next hour. But my question to start things off there, Greg, is were you able to keep up with all things NBA yesterday in the face of all that football going on? Are you focused? Are you ready? Well, so I wasn't able to keep up with NBA, but it had nothing to do with football yesterday. I was I was buying furniture. So <laughs> so that was so I had I had other stuff to do. I do shows six days a week. Sunday is my only off day. By the way, not even by choice because I was asked if which day I wanted to be off. And I said, none of them. Just put me on shows seven days a week. And no one, animal. In, no one insisted that I take an off day. Apparently, I don't know, some kind of workforce, you know, like violations. Like, you know, you have to take time off. You're not allowed to just work every day. So like, all right, I guess, I guess give me Sunday then. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I had, uh, I had to go get furniture yesterday. So I did not play DFS yesterday. You know what the trick to working every day is? If, you, if you're looking to get around that, you got some weird work ethic for some reason that just commands you to not have any time off. Just do what I do. Work for multiple companies. When you do that, you can, no one cares if you work every single day because someone is always, you know, calling upon you for something. Yeah, I mean, it's also a lot easier if you just generally work. Like, this doesn't, like, I get to hang out with Kaufman. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some people enjoy it. Maybe some people don't. For, for me, though, it's like, oh, I just talk about basketball with you for a little while. It's, that's fine. It doesn't feel like work to me. No, it's the beauty of doing what you love, which uh, fortunately, you know, the two of us, our producer, Jordan, well, I don't know if he's doing what he loves because he has to spend <laughs> an hour just listening to us and doesn't have the ability to verbally chime in. He has to resort to the chat with News God and everybody else. But, you know, for us, as long as you're doing what you love, you're you're good, obviously. So uh, as much as I'd love to reflect and uh, downright mope over all things that went on NFL yesterday, this is the NBA strategy show, and we do have a lot of games to get to. So get your questions in. And while you're at it, smash that like button on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button as well. It is greatly appreciated. You can be alerted to any and all Osmo programming that is coming your way. And as you know, here on YouTube, 
each and every day, a whole boatload of programming comes your way, including a handful of programs today that we'll tell you about a little bit later on. So again, as we make the push to 50,000 subscribers, hit that subscribe button and smash that like button, folks. I'm going to tell you a lot because what can I say? I'm a shill. Some of the top projected performers today, and we'll get to value and all that good stuff a little bit later, Greg, but the the big guys on the slate, and there are a bunch of them, and according to our projections from our own Alex Baker here on the Osmo channel, not only are there a lot of projected good players, a lot of them are projected to be in great spots in terms of returning value, even for their lofty salaries. Among them, you have Nick Jokic, Dame Lillard, Luka Doncic, James Harden, DeMontis Sabonis, Mick Vucevic, uh, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, Bam Adebayo, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum in his return, by the way, Kyrie Irving. All of these guys are projected, and I know I listed a lot, but they're all projected to have really, really strong nights, especially those first few, Joker, Lillard, uh, Doncic, and Harden. So among this group, this upper tier, who stands out to you most? Yeah, it's, it's going to be Lillard. He's the player that, as of right now, my initial builds have the most exposure to on the high end. It's still the same situation we've had for the last few games. No CJ McCollum, no Joseph Nurkic. It's a lot of extra usage going towards Damian Lillard. And the other thing we've seen, too, is when the Trailblazers are, are in close games right now with all those guys out, they're going to let Lillard play around 40 minutes. So as long as he's getting that many minutes with this amount of usage, it, it's pretty hard to avoid him. Fairly decent matchup against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, it is the tail end of a back-to-back, but not really too concerned because kind of where we're at in the season now with so many teams playing, condensed schedules, almost every game seems like a back-to-back for a lot of these teams. So it's going to be a big workload for Lillard again. He's my favorite guy to pay up for. Why don't we start here going game by game with Philadelphia in Detroit? As we know, obviously, the Pistons are not good. They're not good at home. They're not good in general. Philadelphia, quite the opposite. One of the top teams in the East under Doc Rivers to this point. These teams squaring off for the second game in a row. Philly trying to keep a three-game win streak alive. Starting with the Sixers, who jumps out at you? Yeah, well, the first thing we have to talk about here is that Joel Embiid dealing with a back injury is listed as questionable to play. Mm -hmm. And if he's in then I don't really think there's anybody we have to target on the Sixers side of the game. There's a lot of guys to pay up for. There's also, this is a 10 game slate. So I bring this up all the time when there's big slates, but there's going to be a lot of value that ends up opening up by the time that we get to lock. So anybody that I look at is just like, Oh, this guy's kind of fairly priced. Not somebody I'm generally going to have interest in on a 10 game slate. Cause I really want to focus on the players that have pricing value. So if Embiid is in, then I don't really think there's any real need to, to go out of our way to target Sixers players. If he's out, then Ben Simmons has a bigger role in the offense. We see him with an increased rebound rate. Uh, mm-hmm. Tobias Harris, uh, a lot of extra usage goes to him if Embiid is out. And then we could also look to Dwight Howard as a really strong value play. It would be a positive matchup against the Pistons. And then also Dwight Howard, just cheap, good points per minute fantasy producer. Probably plays somewhere in the neighborhood of like 26 to 28 minutes to be starting at center as long as he stays out of foul trouble. That would make him one of the top value plays on the slate if Embiid isn't in. So the real key news item here to look out for is whether Joel Embiid ends up playing or not. And he is projected for the vicinity of 50 fantasy points tonight, regardless of the slate or site that you are looking at, obviously. But, you know, as you mentioned, Simmons instantly in a better spot if Embiid does not go. Uh, You know, on the other side, there's Jeremy Grant is in a very good spot. We can get to that in a moment. But just looking down at value, uh, you know, I think most of it probably comes on the Detroit side as things stand at this moment. If Embiid does not go, you know, just uh, anticipating who does jump out to you in kind of that lower tier, who is it? Uh, Dwight Howard, he would he would be starting cheap, good points from a fantasy producer. So he would he would definitely become one of the top value plays on the slate if Embiid isn't it. All right. So if you go to the other side, then and you look at the Pistons, as mentioned, Jeremy Grant, always in a good spot. Uh, DeLon Wright, 
Uh, you also have Josh Jackson. Who are some of these guys that you'd like to roster? Yeah, so also this is another situation where what happens with Joel Embiid really impacts the Detroit side of the game. Joel Embiid, one of the better defensive players in the league. The Sixers defense over the last handful of years has had a much worse defensive rating when he's off the court. So an easier matchup for the Pistons if Embiid doesn't end up playing. As it stands now, the guy that I like the most is DeLon Wright. I think that he's one of the guys that actually does warrant exposure. Derrick Rose is dealing with a knee injury. He's out and is expected to miss at least a couple more games. So with that being the case, uh, Dion Wright right now starting for the Pistons also because Killian Hayes is out. He's going to miss mm-hmm. uh, the majority of the season with a hip injury. So that's going to put Dion Wright into a spot where he's going to start at point guard. He's going to soak up most of the minutes. If if we look at just what happened last game uh, with him moving into the starting lineup without Derrick Rose there. And by the way, we've seen Dion Wright start in recent games. But the difference being is that now that Derrick Rose is out, that just means Dion Wright has to play extra minutes. So last game, we saw 36 minutes out of Dion Wright. Not all that much usage, but still, when he's on the court for that much, he's a guy who racks up rebounds, assists. So last game, only 10 points on a 14% usage rating, but seven rebounds and six assists. The usage rating probably only goes up from there, but even so, at his price point on both FanDuel and DraftKings, if we could expect him to play, you know, 34, 35 minutes, then I think he's one of the better guard options on the slate. Uh, Other guys, Josh Jackson, I have a mild amount of interest in. We've seen his minutes creep up a little bit recently. Uh, but really, DeLon Wright is going to be the primary play for me here. Mason Plumley rates out as a fairly decent uh, points-per-dollar fantasy play right now, but not somebody I'm going to get to, particularly if Embiid isn't. The reason being is the foul trouble situation. So Plumley is now fouled out. Just going to bring the, yeah, four games in a row, Mason Plumley's mm-hmm. fouled out, and that's really impacted his playing time. Joel Embiid, one of the best big men in the league at drawing fouls. The odds of Mason Plumley getting into foul trouble if Embiid starts in this game are ridiculously high. Like, I would never actually project somebody to foul out, but I think we'd have to get pretty close to it with Mason Plumley if, if Joel Embiid's in there. So he would, be, he would be pretty risky to me in terms of being a, a variance play with his playing time if, if Embiid is starting. You almost have to try to foul out four games in a row. Like, you have to work at that. That doesn't happen accidentally. Uh, no, I think he does it. Uh, he's, he's doing it. He's he's out there. To, I mean, last game he fouled, and not only that, but listen to the amount of minutes that he's fouled in, out in. Last game, which also was against the Sixers, he fouled out in 19 minutes. The game before against the Rockets, he fouled out in 20 minutes. So it's not even like this is a game where it's like, oh, Mason Pullman's getting 30 minutes and fouling out. He's just coming out there. He's hacking dudes, picking up his paycheck, and going home. Like he's he's not he's not playing hefty workloads. Looking here in the awesome chat again, smash that like button, making the push toward 50 folks. Nice and early a few minutes into the show, obviously. Uh, so Shane says, I mean, Jeremy Cardio Grant, he's good. And then you have DJ say, we're not going to talk about Grant being destroyed by Simmons. So where are you landing on Jeremy Grant on this, uh, you know, both sides of that coin? Yeah. I mean, he's about fairly priced earlier in the season. He was somebody who I definitely thought warranted a whole bunch of exposure, but now we're at a point where he's priced at 7,800 on DraftKings and on FanDuel, he is a little over 8,000. If I remember correctly, he is yeah, 8,400. So just at that kind of price point, when, like I said, it's a 10 game slate, there's going to be a lot of options. There's going to be a lot of good value plays. And you have to look at the price tag of Jeremy Grant. You have to ask yourself, oh, is, is there value to that price tag? Like, unless you think that Jeremy Grant should be somebody who should be priced at, you know, like 86 or 8,800. I just think he's fairly priced at this point. Let's move on to Toronto and Indiana. Again, similar story. These two teams matching up for the second straight game. Before we even get to that, by the way, just in general with this, the way this front loaded, you know, super condensed schedule is working for the NBA and trying to anticipate all things pandemic. Naturally, we know there have been postponements, COVID cancellations, all of that, and players ruled out 
like you read about. It's really hard, obviously, to, you know, fully anticipate things like health and safety protocols. But uh, how do you like these mini series that we're experiencing? Does that help you hurt you or is that kind of irrelevant to you when it comes to lineup building? Oh, it's it's pretty irrelevant. Like I don't I don't really I don't really sit a lot. Of, I don't spend a lot of time thinking like, oh, the the Pistons and the Sixers just played against each other. That's going to totally overhaul everything. It's just whoever whoever the best plays on a points per dollar basis are the guys I want exposure to. And then just looking at general value, the same as we look at any other slate. Like we're about mm. to talk about the Raptors here. Kyle Lowry's questionable. Pascal Siakam's questionable. If these guys are out, it opens up a lot of value, and it doesn't really matter how how recently the the, the Pistons or the uh, the Pacers and the Raptors have played each other. All right. So as we look at Toronto, like you said, those two guys, uh, you know, questionable to play in this moment. Uh, obviously, Lowry in a really good spot. Fred Van Vliet, you know, enters a uh, huge spot if those two guys are both ruled out, or even one of them is ruled out. You also have. Uh, uh, Chris Boucher, as uh, as we like to look at him, or the the Bouche. Uh, OG Ananobi is obviously uh, always an interesting play. I don't know that you would necessarily view him as a good one here tonight, but again, it becomes a case of, all right, what value is appealing if one or two of, of those top players are ruled out? So what? how are – is it just waiting until close to lock and getting an answer on these guys, or are there guys that are instantly appealing for you right now on that side? Yeah, so I mean, if everybody plays, then I don't think there's a real need to target the Raptors. And by everybody, I just mean Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. Right. Uh, if, if those guys are in, then I think we have a lot of fair pricing in a somewhat tough matchup against the Indiana Pacers. If Lowry's out, Fred Van Fleet benefits the most. If Pascal Siakam's out, then I think Chris Boucher benefits the most. One thing about Boucher that was a little bit concerning is that in yesterday's game, even without Siakam in there, he only ended up playing 21 minutes. And that was even though he didn't get into foul trouble. Uh, I, I was thinking that eventually we'd see Chris Boucher move into the starting lineup, but it kind of looks like they're starting to move away from him a little bit, which is a, a little bit of a concern for me, but still I'd be willing to roster him in GPPs if Pascal Siakam's out. Uh, those are really the two primary guys that I'd be looking at here. Fred Van Fleet, if Lowry's out, and Chris Boucher, if Pascal Siakam's out. If both of those guys are out, then both of them are in play. If both of them play, then probably a team I'm going to be passing on tonight. All right, so if you look at the other side, then with Indiana, are you just are, are you compelled Maybe compelled isn't the right word when we consider how many options we have available on a 10-game slate. But are you tempted to play Sabonis, to play Brogdon? It, it feels like every single night you have to at least consider it. Uh, no, I don't think you have to on a, on a, slate, on a slate this big. Uh, fairly neutral matchup against the Raptors. It's not, uh, not really the greatest spot in the world. And the other thing, too, is so Sabonis was a really strong play for a long time. But mm. now he's 9,600 on FanDuel and his DraftKings price is up to 9,800. So the price is caught up with him. There was, you know, there was a long time this year where he was a guy who was priced 8,200, 8,400. Now the price is up, you know, $1,500 on each site. And the, the pricing value is kind of gone there. I wouldn't say that it means you have to fade him, but at least in my initial builds, he's not somebody I'm getting to with any regularity in my lineups in terms of exposure. And the same goes for everybody else on Indiana. There's, there's no other player that I'm really getting a, a mass amount of in my lineups. The other thing to consider here also is that we have Jeremy Lamb back. And Jeremy Lamb, who had missed the start of the season to this point with, uh, with a torn ACL, now he's back in the lineup. And we're kind of seeing his minutes, not to a point where I want to roster him, but the last, the last three games, 19 minutes, 28 minutes, 19 minutes, the significance of him playing that many minutes is that, number one, he's a fairly high usage player, so that's going to take away some shots from other guys on the team. Then also with with him being active again, now we're seeing a little bit less playing time go to Aaron Holiday, a little less playing time for Justin Holiday. Doug McDermott might not get quite as many minutes. So he has a little bit of an impact where he takes away value from other players on the team. 
And that just also makes them from points per dollar and a projection standpoint, not really the best plays on the slate. So there's much, there's better teams to target than the Pacers tonight. Hit that like button, folks, here on YouTube. And while you do, let me tell you quickly about our new show sponsor that is No House Advantage, who has taken a different... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across, of course, the NBA, as well as MLB, NFL, and PGA. All for cash prizes, folks. Now, this exclusively peer-to-peer fantasy sports platform levels the playing field, makes it easier for you to win real cash compared with your traditional DFS sites. Now, the best part is you can join for free today. You heard me right. Join for free today. Download the No House Advantage app. Check out the daily prop contest without having to deposit even a single dime. Totally free. You don't have to worry about that at all. And when you're ready to make your first deposit, NHA will match it with up to $20 in free play when you use promo code Awesomeo, you know I was going to say that, right? Promo code Awesomeo. Refer a friend to get five dollars more after that first deposit and beat your friends, not the house. Win big with player props today. So we are cruising through a ten-game slate. Get your questions in. It's obviously easiest for us and probably you if you keep them centralized to the game that we are talking about, as opposed to you know going all willy-nilly all over the place. That's okay if you want to do that a little bit later on. We'll catch up to our best anyway and get your questions answered. I know some people talking a little bit about, Greg, the uh, the game that we are going to next, which is Charlotte-Orlando, I think, just because people have been mystified by all things Gordon Hayward. Somebody said in the chat a little while ago, you know, I don't play the guy. He puts up 50 points. I play the guy. He goes for 25. You know, second night of a, uh, a back-to-back here. There are no injuries listed on the Charlotte side. Do you want to play Gordon Hayward again? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you're rostering when he goes for 25 fantasy points, then you probably didn't roster much recently. He has, I mean, he, he has two games all season where he scored under 30 fantasy points, and basically every other game he's been right around 40. So Gordon Hayward's been great this year. I don't really think that's all that surprising. If you look at his numbers last year when he was with the when he was with Kaufman Celtics, mm. when 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 Tatum, Brown, and Walker were off the court, the numbers for Gordon Hayward were ridiculous last year. He was mm. averaging nearly 30 points. And then it was like eight rebounds and six assists per 36 minutes, really high usage rate. And there was good efficiency numbers. So it stood to reason as soon as he went to the Hornets, I thought there was a pretty good likelihood that he was going to be an all-star player. As long as he stayed healthy, that looks like it's the case right now. I mean, Gordon Hayward, I think is definitely established himself. He's an all-star caliber player Uh, on FanDuel. I think he's appropriately priced at 8,100, but on DraftKings, 7,300 for Gordon Hayward, a guy who I've projected for right around 40 fantasy points right now. I think that he makes for a good play on DK, just a little bit too cheap. And I don't really understand why he's only 7,300. And then even looking at his, his salaries as of late, it's gone down. So last week he was 7,800. Then the last two games, he scored 50 fantasy points, went to 7,700, scored 57 fantasy points, went to 7,500. And now he's 7,300. So he keeps scoring over 50 fantasy points, but the price is going down in the opposite Hmm. direction. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. So Gordon Hayward is a guy who I think is worth getting exposure to on DK for sure. Is that about it for you on the Charlotte side, though? Yeah, the the, the minutes in the backcourt have been really hard to parse. We've got Lamelo Ball, Devontae Graham, and Terry Rozier 
all of them kind of splitting minutes. I, I feel like LaMelo Ball is the guy who should be playing the most and should be starting of that trio, but it hasn't really been the case. He's definitely the best fantasy producer overall and the best fantasy producer on a points-per-minute basis, but it's so hard to trust his playing time. When you look at recent games, yeah, he played 27 minutes against Orlando yesterday, but the game before that, he played 16 minutes. And the game before that, he played 23 minutes against the Raptors. So there's a, there's a lot of variance in his in his playing time, and he's still pretty expensive on both sides. So LaMelo Ball isn't really going to be somebody that I want to target, and then I haven't really rostered all that much of Devontae Graham or Terry Rozier this year anyway, unless there's somebody out that creates value. So really the only play that I see here as being a good one is Gordon Hayward, and that's DK-specific. On the projections on the Orlando side, again, from our own Alex Baker, so you got uh, Nick Vucevic projected for right around 50 points. Aaron Gordon, provided he plays. Last look, not so sure he was going to, but maybe you have an update on that. Provided he is in there, uh, another guy who's positioned well to return some uh, production right around 40 points. Both these guys, 5X players in terms of value and, as you said, you know, price per dollar, points per dollar. Um, you know, it's, it's those two in particular, obviously you could look down Cole Anthony is, is one, uh, maybe, uh, Birch, the center is another one, but really it's, it's right there at the top for those two guys. How do you feel about them? All right. So first hitting on Gordon Hayward, he is probable to play. He, uh, missed Aaron Gordon. Uh, what did I say? Gordon Hayward, one Gordon uh, or another. All right. it's, well, it's yeah, too much, too much name overlap. Aaron Gordon, he is probable to play. So yeah, uh, dealing with hip and back injury, he's expected to return to the lineup today. That's going to take away a little bit from Vucevic, but not really a big deal because Vucevic, I don't think, is appropriately priced on DK at 8,700. Uh, he's one of the guys who I'm getting the most exposure to in my initial lineup builds. Favorable matchup against uh, not-so-great defensive Hornets front court. Uh, I think that he's somebody worth getting exposure to. On FanDuel at 9,400, I'm coming out with a little bit of Vucevic, but not nearly as much on DK where he's 8,700, and we're also able to roster two centers. So another guy who's a little bit better to play on DK than FanDuel, but viable for me on both sites. We have a pretty interesting situation in the backcourt because Michael Carter-Williams is questionable to play. He's been out since, let's see, when was the last time that Michael Carter-Williams played? He has not played since January 4th. And during the time he's been out, we've seen Cole Anthony start at point guard and generally play pretty big minutes because Markel Fultz is also out for the season with a torn ACL. If Michael Carter-Williams is back, I don't really think he's going to be fantasy relevant himself, but we've seen some good games from Cole Anthony lately. And I think we're going to see Cole Anthony's playing time go down by a little bit if Michael Carter-Williams is in there just because there's somebody else to split ball handling duties with. So Cole Anthony, who I think is a viable play on FanDuel, if Michael Carter-Williams is out, is somebody who I won't have in my player pool if if Michael Carter-Williams returns to the lineup. So uh, our pal Theo here in the chat says, not trusting anyone on the Magic. I've blacklisted the, the entire team, whereas Marcus says, what about Evan Fournier again? Uh, so Evan Fournier... Once again, somebody who I just think the price is about fair. And when we have a 10-game slate, it's not to say that you can't roster some of these guys who just have fair prices because especially if you're like me and you're playing a bunch of lineups, some of them are going to make it into lineups, right? Because there's going to be a point where you're just building lineups. There's X amount of salary left over. Guys make it into the lineup. And a lot of those guys are fine. You don't necessarily have to avoid them. What I'm really trying to focus on right now, the players that I'm talking about, are the guys that I actually think are good plays that I want to actively be targeting. So if you have Evan Fournier in a lineup, yeah, I don't have an issue with that. It, it's fine to roster him, but he's not somebody who I'm going to be going out of my way and getting to, you know, 15 to 20% of my lineups. He's somebody who probably makes it into like three or 4% or something like that. So individually, I don't really think he's a particularly strong play and not somebody that I'm, I'm saying like, Hey, you want to go roster Evan Fournier. Uh, Cause I, I don't really think of him quite that way. He's at, 
5,900 on FanDuel. Fournier on DraftKings is at, just bringing up his price really quick. Um, it would help if I could spell his name. There we go. 6,300 <laughs> 6, on DraftKings. So it's, it's just, it's just a fair price. There's, there's no point where he's generally more expensive than that. Uh, Fournier, if we look at his price so far this year, uh, the 6,300 right now is actually the most expensive he's been all season. So we have to ask ourselves going forward, is Fournier more likely to be more expensive or less expensive than this? The historical pricing of he's more likely to see a decrease in price. And if we just think of players as stocks, right, we'd rather buy them when they're towards their bottom than when they're at their peak. So Evan Fournier, when we're seeing his price up right now, not, not somebody that we want to say like, oh, I, I really want Evan Fournier in a cash lineup or somebody who I'm, who I'm trying to fit into a significant amount of my lineups. As you said, you expect Aaron Gordon out there. He's listed as probable. But David asks if uh, for some reason Gordon doesn't go Cole Anthony. It doesn't matter because he's listed as probable. So I'm just assuming he plays. Like, I mean, I mean, we could we could do anything. We could just say like, hey, what happens? What ends if Vooch uh, is ruled if, out? Right yeah, what happens if Vooch is ruled out? It's like, I don't know. I'm not yeah. considering that as a, I'm not considering that because it's not a likely scenario. Fair enough. All right. I want to tell you quickly, folks, about uh, Osmo Plus. Now, if you are unfamiliar, and I can't imagine you are, if you're here watching the show on YouTube or, uh, you know, wherever, obviously, that that you happen to find us on a daily basis. But if you are unfamiliar with Osmo Plus, all the great tools and content for nearly every DFS sport that is available to you, you got to be. Osmo Plus, just a a weekly pass. That's it. Not even 30 bucks. $29.95. It includes full access to all the premium content and tools that Osmo.com has to offer, including player projections ownership projections the premium slack channel that i have referenced so much more a lot of the stuff that uh, greg is sitting here touting as well a lot of the information that he is looking up it comes directly from osmo plus if you're only looking to play nba it's okay in fact it's safer for you i suppose you can sign up now for our weekly nba package it is only 16.95 so just something to be mindful of look up and uh, if you are already uh, a subscriber familiar and you're part of the osmo plus premium slack channel here then uh, go right ahead, leave us comments, questions, whatever it is for tonight's slate, 10 Gamer, or uh, if you're watching along on YouTube, you can leave them there as well. We are monitoring things. We'll let you know as we are about halfway through the show what uh, is on your mind, see if we can get uh, the best answers available from our own Greg Ehrenberg right here. Now, next game, you have got uh, Miami and Brooklyn, and this should be a fun one, I think. And uh, it's, I don't know, I guess just on, on the surface, let's assume as you know, it's, it's the case at the moment. So let's assume that, you know, the, uh, the, the main three are out there, right? Harden and Durant and Irving. I don't think any of them have been ruled out to this point. So if they're all out there, what, what have you learned in these first couple games together that, you know, makes you, makes you feel one way or another, as far as, you know, DFS and rostering these guys. Yeah. I mean, the usage is going to be pretty spread out. I think that logically that's what we would have expected to happen. Harden's usage is so much lower than I ever would have thought possible though. So last three games for James Harden, 18% usage rate, 23% and 20%. That's a ridiculously low number for Harden. Uh, Looking through his numbers from last year, I think he was below 30% like three times the entire season. And he's been under 30% now three games in a row. So it looks like his fantasy production is taking the biggest hit of the three. But with that said, his FanDuel price is at 9,800. I can't ever remember seeing Harden priced this cheaply. Uh, so I'm still going to get exposure to him at that price. I understand that the the production's down, the usage is way down, but I, I think the price maybe is overcorrected for it a little bit. So still worth getting exposure to him there. On DraftKings, I'm not going to play any of these three guys. Um, I think the prices are all about accurate to a little bit too high. 
And then also, like I said, there's, there's just a situation where I think the three of them, the, the production is going to be so spread amongst them that it's going to really cap their, their ceilings. And I, I just like Harden on Fandle because of the, the price below 10 K and that shooting guard is generally a difficult position to fill tonight. Uh, but beyond that, I, I think it's going to be tough to trust them until at least we see a few more games of them playing with each other and one to either see how it shakes out or we get a situation, you know, like the other day where it's, Hey, Kevin Durant's resting. Therefore we have extra usage for other guys, or it's Kyrie Irving's resting. Therefore Harden and Durant become stronger plays. So until they work out the chemistry or maybe the pricing adjusts, it's, it's not something I really want to target heavily. Or Kyrie went AWOL. I mean, anything's possible. It doesn't even have to be resting. Yeah, Ky- or, yep, Kyrie, if Kyrie's away from the team, any, any situation that we could think of that, one, that <laughs> takes one of them away from the team, it's, it's, a re- it's a reason to rush them. Maybe, who knows, maybe Kevin Durant decides he does not like the Brooklyn Nets jersey. He doesn't think, he, he doesn't like the color pattern, right? And he says, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving the team until we change colors. I want Brooklyn Nets from now on, it has to be gold. We're only wearing gold color. Who knows, right? It's yeah, possible. I mean, maybe, maybe these just guys, these guys decide on the other side, as they saw the other night, that they just don't like those, you know, hideous Miami Vice alternate uniforms that the Heat have, and they're, you know, just it's messing with their eyes being out there on the court. They don't want any part of it, and so they're going to sit, just go to the, well, not even come out of the locker room. That's another. Well, well, here, here's one thing that we're definitely seeing with the three of them playing together, and this will transition us to the Heat side. They don't like playing defense together because they're getting crushed on the defensive end of the of the of, oh, the, of, of the game. So. If, if you look at some of these Miami guys, I think there are good plays here, in particularly uh, Bam Adebayo, because the the biggest thing that we've seen the Nets struggle with is on the glass, which I don't think is all that surprising after they traded away Jared Allen. And all they're really left with in the front court is what's what's left of DeAndre Jordan, right? Whatever's left in his health bar is what they have left in DeAndre Jordan. That's that's all of their front court. And he's not a particularly good defensive player at this point in his career. When he comes off the court, they have absolutely nothing. So we've seen them in the game against like the Cavs the other day. They got out rebounded the final margin was like 59 to 27. And so Bam Adebayo going up against the Nets, this is a ridiculously favorable matchup. We saw him really do well in the uh, last game they played against each yeah, other. This, 41 points, real points. Yeah, and surprisingly with only five rebounds. That was crazy because I was really heavy on Bam in that spot because I was like, Bam's going to pull down like 20 rebounds against the Nets. And instead he scores 41 points and doesn't get any <laughs> rebounds. Uh, but Either way, I think that any big man playing against the Nets is going to be a really favorable matchup. Um, eventually, we're going to see the Nets add a big man, whether it's somebody gets bought out and the Nets end up signing them or maybe they're able to make a trade at the deadline. This isn't the, this isn't the roster the Nets are going to go into the playoffs with. I think that Andre Drummond is somebody who's pretty likely to end up on the Nets before the end of the season. But as it stands now, I think Bam Adebayo is definitely somebody who we're going to want to roster against the Nets. He's one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. Uh, we also have Jimmy Butler's out, Tyler Hero's still out. So Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic, both of them are in line for extra playing time. Both of them make for good targets as well. So those three players from the from the Heat on both sites, Adebayo, Dragic, Nunn, all three guys I'm going to be targeting today. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would think Goran Dragic obviously in a, a terrific spot. He's, in fact, almost 6x value based on uh, Alex's Osmo uh, you know, projection, value projection for him, so we will see. Uh, I don't know if this is uh... – the Matt LaMarca that we both know and love that is hanging out in the YouTube chat. But uh, if, if it is high, if it's not high, says Miami heat jerseys are straight fire. Couldn't disagree more. Those jerseys are awful. Awful. I mean, I mean, if we're going to say by straight fire, they literally have fire on them, right? The is, is, that, is, that, is that what we're talking is, about? Is, you know, what they did to the court when they're wearing those jerseys. It's even more terrible. 
Oh, yeah, T- tell me more about how you feel about these jerseys, Coffee. You seem very well, passionate. We have, we have about a half them. hour left. We're just going <laughs> to dissect all things Miami Heat alternate. Uh... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. Miami Vice jerseys. Yeah, this is like Peter Griffin. You know, it really grinds my gears, and you just and then you, and then you just, and then you just go in on the each jerseys for twenty minutes. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> just absolutely terrible. Stay up to date with the latest NBA news, DFS news, with our awesome NBA Twitter handle. If you are unfamiliar, you should give it a follow. It's a great one. Our guy News God, who uh, has. You know, he's hanging out with us, uh, as he always does in the chat, as well as the Osmo Premium Slack channel, has noted my haircut. Thank you very much, News God. Appreciate you. Says, uh, let's see, he'll be delivering the latest news on injuries. It's amazing. He gets this news before anybody else or right there the very second that everybody else does. And it comes right your way to help you set those lineups. I'm talking injuries, starting lineups, minutes, limits, anything that you want to know from News God. He has got it. More daily news before lock. It's all out there. Give the Osmo NBA Twitter handle a follow. Check out News God. God's Twitter handle as well. That is news, N-E-W-Z, God. I hope you know how to spell that, underscore DFS. And you can catch Ship My Money's Deep Dive article, which is free this season and prepare for the slate. It's a must-read if you are playing NBA DFS. I enjoy reading it thoroughly, read it all the time. I'm not just telling you that. It actually helps me set my lineup. So you should uh, be mindful of that as well. Now, uh, speaking of being mindful, as we make the push to the uh, last half of these games halfway through the program here and hit that like, would you, where are we sitting right now on the likes? 91. Give me a break. Get up over 100, smash that like button. We greatly appreciate your support. We got LA. That is the Lakers in Cleveland against those woeful Cavaliers who were just blown out by 38 by my beloved Boston Celtics. Now you got to deal with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, LeBron doing the uh, coming home shtick here as he returns to Cleveland. What are you, uh, let's start on the LA side here for this one, obviously Uh, who beyond the obvious stands out. I know LeBron does. I know Davis does. At least they typically do. You look in any other direction. No, and they they also don't really particularly stand out to me in this matchup. So something else okay. about this about this game, um, it has a total of two hundred twelve and a half points. For just an example of how low that is, we have only three games on the slate with a total under two twenty two. So I mean, two twelve is it's just such a slow paced game relative to the other games on the slate. The other thing with the Lakers too. Something I've said a bunch of times this year, but we have Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder now both on the Lakers. They have a much stronger and deeper roster this year. LeBron and AD, both of them are playing less minutes this year. Both of them also have lower usage rates this year compared to compared to last year. So with all that in mind, Lakers double-digit favorites playing in a really slow-paced game in Cleveland. Cleveland also shockingly good defense this year. Last year, Cleveland had the worst defensive efficiency in all of the NBA. This year, one of the best defenses so far to this point. 
Uh, I don't necessarily buy into it being the case that they're actually one of the best defense in the NBA, but still we're looking at a team that's playing at a fairly slow pace and is also one of the best defenses on a points per possession basis. They're not a great team to target for DFS. So we also consider all these other situations with the Lakers in terms of them kind of trying to limit the workloads of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I don't think their players will really need to target. If this was a three or four game slate, I'd feel differently. We have so many high price guys to play on this slate. We have, we have Luka Doncic. We have, uh, we have Damian Lillard, like I mentioned before, is my favorite pay-up target. Uh, Jokic is on the slate. There's so many other options. The Lakers guys just come in as way lower priorities for me than these other guys. So th- they're not players I see myself getting to all that much. Uh, Lakers, uh, another team that I, I don't really think we need to target on this slate due to the game environment. Our own Jordan says, LeBron revenge game. You think that stuff means anything to him with nobody in the stands? What, what, what is he getting revenge for? Winning a championship? Like, what, is, what, does he hate, what does he hate Cleveland for? What is, he get, what is he getting after them about? Hey, buy into the narrative, would you? But what's, what's, even, what's even the narrative? He used, to, oh, he used to live here, and now he plays basketball here, so now he tries harder. Like, yeah, he tries hard the other games. Actually, I don't even buy into that, really. I think LeBron's really coasts through the regular season uh, for the most part at this point in his career, but... But still, I think it's it's a regular season game. LeBron is LeBron is no use for the regular season at this point in his career. He'll be he'll be playing in March and April, and that that's when we really turn the turn the gas on. He, he, he doesn't care. Still putting up those numbers. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's doing, he's good. doing it. He's doing these. The, the game he played the other day against who was he playing on national TV? Uh, I don't Milwaukee? know, but he was. Yeah, the, oh yeah, it was the game he played against Milwaukee. I'm not sure he. I'm not sure he even had to break a sweat in that game. He was pulling up from like 28 feet. He was just casually like on offense. Hey, let's just heat check shot, heat check shot at one yeah. after another, and just very casually poured in like 60 fantasy points. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that there's going to be a, a real point in the regular season where LeBron feels like he really needs to step on the gas and really you know try to crush other teams, especially when we consider the the schedule, right? LeBron's such a smart player at this point in his career. He knows there's a lot of back-to-backs on the schedule. Mm-hmm. He's playing three, four games in a week. He, he has he has the big picture in mind. I don't think there's going to be a lot of games where we see LeBron, you know, with like a 36% usage rate and playing 38 minutes or something like that. They're going to they're gonna save him for the playoffs. And the bigger point here is the Lakers, I don't really see them extending their stars very often in the regular season. So there are going to be games where I think we want to roster LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but it's going to be far less than it's been in previous seasons. Our man Emax says, uh, birthday boy Kaufman showing residual anger toward the heat as a Celtics fan. Ray Allen flashbacks. Am I right, Greg? I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely. Is it your not. birthday? Uh, it is in a few days, actually, but it's also just my birthday every single day in the YouTube chat. I've, I've come to find that's been going on for months. But uh, reality, uh, yeah, real birthday in a few days. What'd you get me? All right, I, I guess you haven't done any shopping yet, which is selfish. Well, happy, happy birthday. By the way, you get, to, you get to spend time with me. Like, do you need anything else? Like, you're, you're doing no, just is, fine, buddy. Yeah, this, this, is the, uh, th- this is what you dream about when you wake up. This, this, this is it right here yeah like, what can a man can i talk hoops with greg for an hour today oh god what better way to start the day i'm in adrian says kaufman is dead to me lol <laughs> who did i crap on probably somebody maybe those miami jerseys because people are still writing about that in the osmo channel you know going back to this game for a second just uh, again lakers and and Cavs. i mean is there after LeBron and AD, and that's to say, again, that these guys even stand out to you at all, which, you know, you're not enamored with either one of them. Is there anybody else in this game, either side of the ball, that you're interested in playing? Not really. I mean, I hit on the Lakers side. It, it really it takes on a game, on a slate of this size, and especially the Lakers in particular, it's going to take somebody being out. And 
who knows? Maybe this is the time LeBron James will be ruled out. He's been listed as questionable every single game so far this season. I generally think that just means nothing. But, yeah, eventually he's probably going to get ruled out, right? They wouldn't be listing him as questionable if they weren't planning on resting at some point. Uh, but as, as, long as, as long as he plays, no real interest. From the Cavs side of the game, then, it's still it's a really tough matchup against the Lakers. We also have this team finally getting healthy again. So we've got the Sexland backcourt back in action. Colin Sexton, Darius Garland both starting. With both of them now back in the in the starting unit, they're going to be taking away a little bit of usage away from each other. And then the front court, we've got the Andre Drummond and Jared Allen situation. Where these guys are basically in a timeshare, splitting the minutes, and both of them still relatively expensive. Uh, so until one of them gets hurt, traded, or something different happens with the roster, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for me to want to play either of them for DFS. Chad says Adam needs some DVDs for his birthday, which I think is evident looking behind me. Uh, let's Adam. Uh, my birthday's Wednesday, says Curtis. Hey, happy birthday, Curtis. Steven says, Cough, do you think Greg was uh shopping for you yesterday? I, obviously, he was getting the furniture for you. It, some IKEA, are you going to at least build it before you deliver it? No, I actually, so I've gotten a lot of my furniture at Costco so far, and oh, okay. I actually, so I, I, I got a U haul the other day and loaded a bunch of it up there, but like nice. it, they have everything, they have everything at Costco, which. It, this is really what this was a big difference to me from being in my 20s to now being 30 years old. I love Costco. Right? Like, <laughs> I, like it's 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 I think it's a real like coming of age type thing where it's like, yeah, I just want to spend my time at Costco. They have everything there. It's like, why do I, I even go to, anywhere? I just else? want to shop in bulk. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm in. Yeah. Why do I want to go anywhere other than when I could get, you know, like three years supplies of toilet paper for 1899? Right. Like, why would I why would I want to do anything else with with my weekends? They have furniture there. They've got mattresses. They've got food. They've got Costco is everything. It's it's incredible, Listen, man. You you maybe kind of sort of joke. I'm sure there's like a, a hint of truth there. Like 15 feet from me, I'm not kidding. My wife has purchased enough tissue boxes that like we. I mean, we were we will not need tissues in this house for a solid year. No, it's the best. It's, it's unbelievable. Best. I mean, what are you gonna do? It's 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 madness. Jordan says Costco's better than everything. Is Costco sponsoring this show yet? Can we get them on the line? Can we call their marketing department? Just send them this clip. Next game, Denver and Dallas. Now, uh, obviously, a couple of the studs here tonight that we were talking about off the top of the show, whether it's Nick Jokic, uh, Luka Doncic. Some people were asking in the chat earlier, is it a Luka night versus uh, Damian Lillard? I know you were higher on Dame, but let's start at the top with those two guys before getting to value. How do you feel about them? And is, I don't know, is there any extra narrative to them going head to head as well trying to uh, just you know prove their worth against one another no not really uh, I will say that from a fantasy standpoint um, my my preferred option is Luka Doncic if I'm going up to high end overall my favorite guy to pay up for on the slate is Damian Lillard he's my number one priority the guy that I want to get to the most uh, but I'm gonna have some exposure to Luka I'm gonna have some exposure to Jokic uh, though I do slightly prefer the salary savings that Luka offers uh, he is 10700 on FanDuel, which is $500 cheaper than, than uh, Jokic. On DK, he's only $100 less expensive. However, there's so much more utility to somebody being guard eligible as opposed to center eligible. There's always so much value at the center position that just because of the positional scarcity, Luka becomes a higher priority play for me on uh, DK over Jokic. So definitely two guys I'm going to have in my player pool. Uh, we've talked about guys to pay up for so far, and one of the reasons I also said when we got to guys like LeBron and AD and I said, I, I don't really have all that much interest in them. It's because there's other guys that I've projected higher than them in the, in the high range and Luca and Jokic are two of the guys that stand out. So 
those are the three guys on the high end that I really like. We'll talk about Dame later, but Dame, Luka, Jokic, and then nobody else that I'm paying up for that I'm going to be like overweight to the field. At least I don't think so at this point in the day. What about paying down? And it's not a super value situation for either one of them, just kind of more of a mid-tier, I suppose, or a little bit lower end, but like Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, guys like that on the Dallas side, they are projected for 5X value, but is either one of them appealing given the other value that either already exists or that you're anticipating throughout the day? No, not really. Uh, so Dallas is still uh, dealing with some players who are out, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Josh Richardson on the health and safety protocols. Uh, but with that said, also, Christoph Porzingis missed last game due to rest, and he's coming back. And we've seen some of these other guys get priced up because of uh, a little bit of a reaction from the, from the pricing algorithm with Porzingis being out last game. So now with where the prices are at, like Jalen Brunson was a really good value for a little bit, but he's no longer somebody who's priced below 4K like he was before. Jalen Brunson uh, is now up to um, – what is his price on Fanduel? So he's he's forty three hundred on Fanduel. That's viable, but not nearly as strong as when he was a guy who was thirty nine hundred. And then also now that we have Porzingis back, taking a little bit of usage away from the starting lineup. There's there, there's nobody on on Dallas to me who's really a high priority play other than other than Luca. And even like Luca, like I said, Damian Lillard, somebody who I'm a little more apt to pay up for. Uh, but other than that, not really a whole lot that I like in this game as a whole. Uh, another spot where. Just not all that much pricing value. The other thing, too, with the Nuggets side of the game, Michael Porter Jr. is back with the team after he was in the health and safety protocol, and he's also a pretty high usage guy. So him being back in the mix, that's going to be taking away some playing time from guys. It's going to be taking away some shots from the other core players in the starting lineup. So Dallas, Denver, none of them am I really looking at any of the cheaper guys for value. Mark says, I got you guys. I work at Costco. See, there you go. There we go. You're all set. I hope he's the CEO. Big discount coming your way, obviously. <laughs> you heard it here first from Mark. All right, let's move into the 9 o'clock Eastern games. You got the Celtics in Chicago, fresh off that uh, nearly 40-point victory over the Cavs yesterday, where uh, I guess fresh legs tonight for Boston because guys didn't have to play too much. In fact, you had Jalen Brown go for 33 points in 19 minutes, something that had never been done in NBA history. But his production tonight, Greg, may not be what it was last night because while Kemba Walker's not playing on the back-to-back, He's coming off a good game. Jason Tatum, after a five-game absence, is expected to be back. So what's your approach to this one first on the Boston side? By the way, it's so funny that Jason Tatum only missed five games because he missed like a month. But the Celtics well, because they, they had yeah, three it, postponed even before, it, you know, they got back to work. Yeah, it's funny. But you're right. He, they haven't played in, or he hasn't played in two and a half weeks. Yeah, he hasn't played. I think it was January 8th was his last yeah. game or something like that. But yeah, it was funny because Tatum had been out for like 10 days and hadn't missed a single game at that point. There was right. he, he, there had just been so many games that were postponed. Uh, but yeah, I agree with what you said there. So Jalen Brown, he's been great recently. Uh, and now his price is up. But with Jason Tatum there, right, we have to expect that he's going to see a little bit of a step back in usage. Uh, I understand Kemba's out, but Kemba also hasn't quite been himself so far this year. And he's also playing reduced minutes to this point. So I think we have to expect that going forward right now and with Tatum back in the lineup, there's going to be a little bit less shots going towards Jalen Brown. He looks a little bit overpriced to me. As for Tatum himself, I don't really want to roster him in his first game back. We don't know what his conditioning is going to be like in general across all sports, in basketball, football. Coming back from COVID, it's, it's kind of been a hit or miss situation. Some guys have looked exactly the same coming back. Some guys have come back and their conditioning hasn't been up to par. Maybe they actually got sick while they were away and they're still feeling a little bit of the ill effects of it. And just in terms of how well they're able to perform. So I generally don't really like to roster players right when they're coming back from that kind of long layoff from COVID. So 
Tatum, uh, not somebody I'm going to be looking to roster, but we'll definitely be keeping an eye and see just how he looks physically. How does he look on the court? What does his playing time look like? What does his usage look like as he gets back into the mix? And then maybe somebody I'd be willing to roster in the Celtics next game. But first game back, I'm not really going to be looking at him. Price is pretty high, too. I mean, I know Alex hasn't projected, you know, for 5X value, but he's he's still up there for a guy that hasn't played in so long. Yeah, so he is priced at 8900 8, on, on DK. And even, even on a slate this big, if he scores 45 fantasy points, that's fine, but that's not going to be that's not going to be enough to win you a GPP or anything like that when there's mm-hmm. so many good high priced options. So Tatum, I think it's I think it's fine to fade him for today. Wait and see how he looks, and then and then approach it going forward. Because the other thing too is let's say that he plays close to a normal workload, and let's say that he plays you know 32, 33 minutes. That's not a terrible amount of minutes, but it's still a few minutes less than what he's usually playing. And as somebody who scores, you know, like. 1.3 fantasy points per minute. If you're taking away three, four minutes from Jason Tatum, we're talking about five less fantasy points. And that's a pretty big deal when somebody's that expensive. Uh, so I, I don't really see the value there to want to roster him. With Kemba out and Peyton Pritchard hurt, do you like Marcus Smart or Jeff Teague? So Jeff Teague is somebody I'm getting a little bit of exposure to on my initial builds. Also, somebody who's a little hard to figure out just from the standpoint of there's been times where it looks like he was going to play significant minutes and then just didn't. There's other spots where he's kind of randomly played a decent amount of minutes when I wasn't expecting it. Uh, but I, I think that Teague, not a priority play for me, except is somebody who looks like I'm going to be getting to with, with some regularity in my initial build of lineup. So he'll, he'll be in the player pool and is somebody that I'm probably going to be. Uh, let me see what his ownership projects is right now with him only project for 4.5% ownership on FanDuel and then on DraftKings right now, he is projected for um, also sub 10% ownership. He's somebody I'm probably going to be about double the field on. I'm probably going to be around 10%, which is definitely more than the field is getting to him. Chicago side of things. Uh, again, home game, obviously for the bulls, naturally you have Zach Levine, Lori marketing. You could, uh, you know, they're both projected for good games. You could pay way down. Look to a guy like uh, Dan Gafford, the uh, the center who's projected at about five and a half X value, right around 17, 18 points. How do you feel about these guys? Yeah, so we do have some injury news here from the Bulls side of the game. Wendell Carter Jr. is expected to miss another game. He's dealing with a quad, uh, a quad injury. He's missed the last couple of games. Looks like he's going to be out for another week or two. Gafford's been starting in his place, but not playing enough minutes to the point where I actually want to go out and roster him. Gafford in the last two games played 18 and 19 minutes as a starter so it's nice that he starts but it doesn't matter if the playing time isn't there so not someone that's worth getting exposure to player that i do like though is laurie marketing uh Mm -hmm. he's also picking up at least a little bit of extra playing time without uh with without wendell carter jr in there he played 36 minutes last game that was a season high for him and that was despite the game being a blowout he didn't get his final rotation of the game they lost the lakers by double digits and even though the final score was only 11, the Bulls were trailing by 30 points at halftime. I think it was 63 to 33 at the half. And then the game only got close because the Bulls backups made it somewhat close in the fourth quarter, but never to the point where starters had to come back into the game. So the 36 minutes from Lori Mark for Lori Markman could have been a higher number. We could have seen him push for close to 40 minutes. So considering that with Wendell Carter Jr. still out, I think Markman is the, is a primary target for me on both DK and FanDuel. Uh, one of the guys who I got the most exposure to uh, as a forward on both sites in my initial builds. 
about 600 people watching here on YouTube. Smash that like button. Let's uh, have one big push to 200 likes for this show. We'd greatly appreciate it. And while we've got you here, I want to uh, tell you that it's okay if, in fact, you can't watch every single show here on the Osmo YouTube channel because, of course, Osmo has a podcast network. Almost every single Osmo YouTube show available through the Osmo Podcast Network, podcast for every sport, and we're available on every major platform as well. Head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast. Check out the latest. Once you're there, drop a five-star rating and review. It is greatly appreciated. And uh, you could use your Twitter handle or Osmo username. Include that. Get a free week, potentially, of Osmo Plus. We're going to give away a free Osmo Plus pass every single week to the person who submits our favorite review. We are judging this thing with a fine-tooth comb. Well, really, not that closely at all. But close enough that we are looking to reward you. So go ahead, leave a review, leave a five-star rating. We appreciate it, and good luck to you. Greg, we got about 10 minutes left. we got a few games still to work with here, so let's move on. San Antonio at Nolens, and, uh, you know, these two teams, well, New Orleans in particular is underachieved, uh, although, I, I mean, I guess you got the Zion side of things, so he's still fun to watch. But DFS-wise, uh, let's see. For New Orleans first, there's Brandon Ingram, who is uh, always a, a compelling play. Steven Adams is interesting, projected for right around 30 points. Uh, by Alex Baker. But uh, other than that, that's uh, that's kind of it. I mean, it's basically DeJounte Murray on one side and those two guys on the other. Yeah, Pelicans, I, I don't I don't really have a burning need to roster them on this slate. We've got everybody back now. We've got Lonzo Ball now no really longer seeing to be playing with a minutes restriction. But still, it's it's a backward uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He's carved out a role for himself. And with Eric Bledsoe there also, it's been pretty tough to predict the minutes there as of late. Uh, so with everybody healthy, not a team that I really think we need to target in the backcourt. I do have some interest in Steven Adams on FanDuel. His price has come all the way down to 5000 and his his production has been really consistent as of late. If we look at the last handful of games, 13 fantasy points, 34, that's nice. 20, not so nice. 32, that's nice. Then eight. Uh, so anyway, he's he's been all over the place. If you look at the box score in fantasy country, it looks like a Christmas tree because it's it's red, bad game, green, good game, red, bad game, green, good game. But that kind of inconsistency has also led to a really depressed price tag. So at 5000 on FanDuel, Steven Adams is somebody that I'm going to have in my player pool. Uh, right now, he's actually projected to be the chalkiest center on the FanDuel slate, which really makes sense to me when looking at what his price is, because that is that is too cheap for Steven Adams. In general, he's played pretty well alongside Zion this year. Uh, so he's worth getting exposure to there. But the other guys, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, uh, no real pricing value there for me with with all these other guys healthy. So a team that outside of Steven Adams, not all that much interest. Minnesota and Golden State as you get to the uh, later evening games, obviously. Uh, one, one, one sec on the on the Spurs, yeah. one thing I want to bring sure. up. Uh, DeJounte Murray is too cheap on DraftKings. Uh, something that producer Jordan said before the before the show started when, when I was talking to him, he won his uh, points league fantasy matchup this week. Because DeJounte nice. Murray had a triple-double yesterday. Jordan fist-pumping in the back. He's very excited. Gorgeous. Which is true. DeJounte Murray had a triple-double yesterday. Inexplicably, his price dropped from 7000 to 6500 after the triple-double. And the 6500 price point is the cheapest that he has had since uh, December 30th, a matchup against the Lakers. So he's a guy who basically for all of 2021, he's been in the 7000 to 8000 price range. And then he puts up a triple double and his price gets totally nerfed. So that so doesn't make good. all that much sense. So he's too cheap so on DK. Uh, so DeJounte Murray, he's, he's somebody that's worth getting exposure to on DraftKings. He's appropriately priced on FanDuel, not on DK. DeMar DeRozan interest or just Murray? Uh, just Murray. I, I think that Murray, who is 
about a comparable fantasy producer this year to to DeMar DeRozan um, because of the way that he's picking up counting stats. DeMar DeRozan's pretty reliant on points. I know his assist rate is higher this year and last year than it has been in the past, but in general, he's a guy that relies on making on making shots and mid-range shots to put up his fantasy value. DeJounte Murray does it in a number of other ways, and considering the price difference, like comparing them on uh, on DraftKings, DeJounte Murray is 6,500, and DeMar DeRozan is at, uh, where's DeRozan? Like DeRozan is closer to 8,000, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, 7,700. So you're comparing two guys who are putting up comparable fantasy production this year, but one of them 6,500, one of them 7,700. Uh, DeJounte Murray is is uh, going to be somebody who I'm going to get to a decent amount on DK. Minnesota and Golden State, there's uh, some good pricing here in this one, at least in terms of, again, points per uh, per dollar in terms of the value. Some good options, both sides. Let's start with Minnesota here. And, you know, maybe D'Angelo Russell is not as appealing there at the top, but you could look at uh, certainly Malik Beasley is right there, an appealing option. You pay down. You got uh, Jared Vanderbilt, who's been playing pretty well of late. You go way down, Jaden McDaniels. So uh, is it these value guys potentially on that Timberwolves side you want to sprinkle in? Well, we, we need to get an update on D'Angelo Russell because he's dealing with a quad injury. He's listed as questionable to play. Uh, if he's in, then I still think guys like Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley would be okay options. However, if D'Angelo Russell's out, then yeah, then we have a ton of value on Minnesota because they weren't getting a spell. Ricky Rubio is probably going to have to play a significant amount of minutes at point guard. He is somebody who also coming back from COVID himself has played some limited minutes, but I think we're going to start to see that pick up a little bit. Uh, we saw in the last two games since coming back. He played 15 minutes two games ago, played 29 minutes last game. So with that considered, with no D'Angelo Russell, if assuming if D'Angelo Russell was to sit out, we'd probably see someone in the neighborhood of 32, 33 minutes from Ricky Rubio. That would make him a really strong play. Malik Beasley would see increased usage. Jared Vanderbilt, who's just been a monster in terms of picking up defensive stats, he's somebody who would also be a pretty good value play. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, over the last handful of games, uh, two steals and a block, two steals and a block, a block and a steal, three steals and a block. Those are his defensive numbers since moving into the starting lineup. As long as Carl Anthony Towns is out, he's somebody who's going to have to play big minutes, and it looks like he's somebody who's going to pick up defensive stats whenever he's filling those minutes. So we need to keep an eye on D'Angelo Russell news. If he's out, then Minnesota becomes one of the top teams to target from a value perspective on the entire slate, uh, not just because there's that extra usage available, but also because on the Warriors side, which we're about to talk about, uh, the Warriors are playing at a fast pace this year. They don't have a great defense. So they've definitely been a good team to pick on for fantasy production. All right, let's go with the Warriors side since you talked about it, obviously. Now, Steph Curry, I mean, Steph is Steph. He's projected for right around 50 fantasy points. He's always a threat to go for, you know, 70. Who knows? But uh, there's also Andrew Wiggins. There's Kelly Oubre. There's Draymond Green. All these guys are in really solid spots. Uh, those are the ones that it's really the top of the heap that stands out, obviously, on the Warriors side. So which of that group, if any, do you want to roster? Yeah, definitely a game that I have interest in, uh, 227 total, one of the higher totals on the slate. There's only three games, I think, with uh, higher numbers. From the Warriors side, I'm going to have Steph Curry in my player pool. The only thing is I have more interest in Luka Doncic and Damian Lillard, so Steph not as quite of a priority play as those guys. So he'll be in there, but not as regularly as those other superstars. Uh, Draymond Green, I still think he's worth getting exposure to, priced well below 6000 uh, he has really struggled as of late. One of the games was just total nonsense fluke where he just got ejected for absolutely nothing. And he was actually playing well before he got tossed from that game. But still, the decreased price for Draymond Green, um, you know, it, it does look like he's certainly passed his prime a little bit. And uh, the defensive numbers in particular are not quite what they used to be. 
but still 5,200 for Draymond Green on DraftKings, 5,100 on FanDuel. Somebody who I've projected for pretty close to 30 fantasy points. He makes for a good, a good value play. Somebody who I'm going to be overweight to the field on on both sites. And then Kelly Oubre, uh, not somebody I'm really getting to on uh, DraftKings, but on FanDuel, I, I do think that he makes for a better play there. Uh, something that's good about Oubre is, uh, so the 5,200 price tag on FanDuel, Earlier in the season, we saw him close out games for the Warriors, and then he was really struggling to hit shots. So he got taken out of the clo- out of the closing lineup for for Golden State. But now that his shooting's picked up a little bit, uh, last game notwithstanding, where he only scored seven fantasy points against the Jazz, we've seen him shoot the ball a little bit better over the last couple of weeks. He's regained his spot at, in the in the closing lineup, and that's helped Kelly Oubre's playing time. So in general, in competitive games, we've seen Oubre play over thirty minutes. And at his current price point on FanDuel, that makes him one of the better small forward options. All right, last game for us before we get out of here. A couple minutes left in the hour, and that is Oklahoma City and Portland. And again, top of the heap, I know you're a big Damian Lillard guy tonight, so uh, he is you know, probably someone you want to focus in on. You could pay way down. Not saying you're going to get the same production, but shy guy right there for OKC. And then after that, it really becomes kind of a value situation. And his canter you can include in as well as kind of a mid-tier guy. But there's a lot of good pay down options in this game, both sides. Yeah, so from the OKC side, I think Isaiah Roby is still viable. We have uh, Al Horford still isn't back with the team. I'm not really exactly sure what that uh, situation is. He's just away from the team for personal reasons. That's all we know right now. As long as he's out, I think Tarius Baisley and Isaiah Roby stand to gain extra minutes. Uh, Roby has been the better fantasy booster of the two as of late, and his price oddly hasn't changed all that much. So considering what we've seen from Roby in the starting lineup, he's somebody to target on both sites. Uh, Darius Baisley, also somebody in line for extra minutes. His price is way down on FanDuel and DraftKings. I think that he's worth getting exposure to. I'm not quite getting to Shy Gilgis Alexander tonight. I've been on him on just about every single slate so far this year. But just other guys, higher priority plays for me. On the high end, uh, SGA, if you are going to roster him, he looks a little bit better on FanDuel than he does on DK. Uh, on the Portland side of the game, it's Damian Lillard is going to be one of my highest-owned players today. Nobody else from Portland do I really like all that much, but Dame, core play for me, and somebody who I think, if you're playing cash games, Lillard should be the first guy you put into that lineup, and then you build around him, because he, he is the guy who I think should have the best overall fantasy game tonight. Anything left to add before we get out of here? No, I hit the mark right at 11 o'clock. I timed it out perfectly in my head. I was like, hey, I'm getting it on Dame Lillard right at 11 a.m. And then uh, you could and then you could do the outro. You could close up whatever loose ends we need to tie up. Jordan will hit that music and then we go on about our day. Sounds perfect. All right. Ten games late tonight that we told you all about. And if you missed any of the show, go back, relive it on YouTube because it doesn't go anywhere. So we invite you to do that. Smash the like on your way out the door as well. It is greatly appreciated. And sign up for those notifications when you subscribe to the Osmo youtube channel as well so later on today you got the pga dfs first look the nba deeper dive the uh, nba live before lock nba late slate show that new program there's a lot going on here on the osmo channel you do not want to miss it we want to thank uh, of course uh, news god emac everybody hanging out in the chat naturally and uh, keeping this show lively as always whether in the osmo premium slack channel or on youtube of course, our dude Jordan producing and keeping us in check. Greg Ehrenberg, Tinder Lake, fresh off shopping at Costco. He's going to now, I don't know, probably go shop at Costco. I'm Adam Kaufman back with you on Thursday. Greg's back with you all day, every single day, six days a week, I guess I should say, because they don't let him work every day. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Kaufman. <laughs>